This is the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. In this episode, you'll hear an interview that we recorded back in July. Uh, I know that that's a hell of a delay, but trust me, the story you will hear is every bit as important now as it was then, not only because it's narrowly about a cause that you might want to support, but also because it is broadly about the role that cigars can and often do play in, you know, making positive change, good, uh, you know, supporting good causes, and so forth. So our guest is Storm Bowen, a decorated veteran who leads the Operation Cigars for Warriors nonprofit, which delivers premium cigars, along with some other goodies, to American soldiers deployed overseas. You'll learn about the group's beginnings, how far it's come, and what the future holds for that organization. First, a word from our sponsor. After 23 years in the retail side of the cigar business, brothers Billy and Gus Faki took a trip to Esteli, Nicaragua that changed their lives. After spending time with A.J. Fernandez and visiting his fields and factories, they decided to have A.J. make cigars for their new company, Artesano del Tobacco. The brothers Faki are excited to introduce their latest creation, the Viva la Vida Jester. The full-bodied blend for this 5x56 limited edition masterpiece has been in the works for almost a year, and is the product of AJ's mastery in cigar making and the Fag <clears throat> excuse me the Faki brothers' profound understanding of the American cigar smoker. Like all Artesano del Tobacco cigars, the Jester is only available in brick and mortar cigar shops. It comes in packs of five for fifty-eight dollars, which works out to eleven dollars and sixty cents per cigar. So ask your local retailer for Viva la Vida Jester or look them up on Artesano del Tobacco.net. That's A-R-T-E-S-A-N-O-D-E-L, and then tobacco in English, T-O-B-A-C-C-O, Artesano del Tobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram accounts, at Artesano del Tobacco. All right, so now for my interview with Storm Bowen of Operation Cigars for Warriors. Let's start, because some people may not be as familiar with the organization, uh, you know, we found that a lot of people come to the podcast maybe having never even seen the magazine. Right. Um, so let's give people a little primer on what Cigars for Warriors is, where it comes from. Okay, so um, Cigars for Warriors, technically it's Operate Cigars for Warriors. We started in May of 2012. Um, it was a handful of veterans that wanted to do something that was cigar-related to get back to our, our troops. Um, the initial idea started out with me and another gentleman named Ben Edmondson, who was our original treasurer who's passed away in 2015, but uh, between the two of us, we really came up with this theme of it. And the idea is that it, it came all about from a conversation we both had, a, a multiple generation of what a cigar meant in combat. And he was a submariner pre-Vietnam era. So here the similarities of what a cigar meant to me in combat and what it meant to him were so similar, was scary. And it, it's really kind of how the whole thing started. And from there, we started working with another organization called Cigars for Troops. Okay. The guy running Cigars for Troops turned out to be pretty shady. Uh, he claimed oh. he was a Navy SEAL commander, claimed he was sending all his stuff to the troops, and the guy never even served. No shit. And wow. uh, he, in fact, he claimed he was hurt in combat. Well, he went that far. He was hurt, all right. He was hurt when he was trying to break into someone's house, and, he got, <laughs> and a trampoline flew over the fence and hit him. So he was literally hurt by a trampoline. Wow. So when we found that out, we were kind of, most of us kind of really, luckily we were only with the guy for about six weeks. The only reason we found out is one of our guys 
uh, decided to do a little bit of background investigation on him, and he found out he had a pizza record a mile long. Wow. So the only reason I'm bringing you that up is because one of the other board, her name was Elaine Didonato, and she, she said, she's the one that kind of convinces us to keep doing it. The mission's too beautiful. The cause is too righteous. Let's keep doing it. So we decided to do it, kind of revamped everything, renamed the charity Cigars for Warriors, kind of get that negative connotation away. Yeah. Because I spent probably 60 days apologizing to people because I used my name behind it to, you know, make it a legit yeah, and it turned yeah, out it yeah. wasn't. And um, from there, we decided to do it. I said, we're going to do everything by the book. We're going to go hard and fast. And I said, I absolutely don't want to run it. So I got two out of my three wishes. And uh, so we, we started out doing the, norm, the normal MPO and we immediately turned in our 501c3 and got our federal status. And that was very important, make sure everything's done by the book, paper-wise, very transparent. And that transparency feel has always has never left us. In fact, it's, it's got even bigger because uh, there's an organization called GodStar.org. It's one of the organizations that first brought out what all the things that Wounded Warriors has been doing, where only half a penny goes to the troops. Well, there's also the other side of that. Besides the busting bad charities, they also celebrate the good ones. And uh, the more transparency you just display, the higher up you go in levels. So you got from bronze to platinum. Yeah. Well, recently in January, we made platinum 2019, which wow. is, and what we understand in the gold status, only 0.5% of all profits ever make it there. We don't know what the status for platinum, we just know it's higher than that. Right. Uh, so that's always been a keystone of ours is transparency. Um, and we've been pretty excited about it. So it, it really started from a conversation between me and Ben as talking about what it meant to me. And I would tell him, I said, after a bad day in combat, I would take my rank off and make my men smoke a cigar. Now, that's probably not kosher saying make them smoke a right. cigar. But it, we do it. There was a lot of suicides, especially in 2003. And I didn't want that happening. I didn't want to see that happen. And um, so instead of my guys disappearing in four different corners, we'd all smoke a cigar and I'd take my rank off. They knew for the next two hours they could say anything they wanted to. Now, given, you know, the word asshole came out a lot when they were referring to me, but it gave, it gave them a, a relief. It gave them something, a, a cigar, something to focus on. It's the closest thing they could feel at being a home. Something that normalized a, 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 a very unnormal environment. And that was very important when I found out. But I did think it was original thought. I thought, well, I had a unique idea. Well, come to find out it wasn't unique then. It's definitely not unique now. It happens almost every single day. Um, and where you got the cigarette snuff cessations, big, big push in the military, cigars is still a, uh, it's very vital in the whole traditions of the military. Right. So we have, instead of going down like cigars, cigarettes and stuff, in fact, you got... Cigar smoking population has gone dramatically straight up. And, uh, in fact, because the military, we got to organize everything. So now there's massive clubs. And I say clubs, we're talking about you may have the Army Cigar Club with 70 chapters. Right. You may have the Joint Task Force Cigar Club. You may have the Taliban Cigar Club. Now, people laugh when they hear the word Taliban Cigar yeah, Club. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you're in the military, we get a little bit warped, so it's, it's kind of a funny name. Yeah. But these guys have chapters all over the world. And when you're in combat, again, it's the number one item by far, a, a simple cigar. And the, the, some of the things we've been told, it's, it's so dramatic. It's, I almost don't want to say it out loud because it sounds like we're making up stuff. You know, when we had doctors and psychologists put our name behind them, put their name behind our program, 
especially when you're talking about tobacco, it's something pretty serious. For sure, yeah. You know, when a psychologist says it's the first line of defense of PTSD, to me that's a pretty neat deal, especially when you started just to say thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And there's thousands of stories. Yeah. One of my favorite ones, though, is when we had a mother send us a letter in. It started out with, I hate all things tobacco-related. And like, this isn't going to go well. But she said, I greatly appreciate everything y'all do. What y'all have done for my son is, you can't imagine what the impact it made on him. Again, this woman started out with, I hate all things tobacco-related. And turned around and thanked us. So we knew we were doing something right. And then when we started getting our recipients coming back and volunteering for us, that's really when we knew we were finally on the right track. Yeah. So talk a little bit about uh, the the numbers of it, in, you know, in terms of the numbers of cigars. Uh, where... Where did it start, like in the earliest days of Operation Cigars for Warriors? And where are you now? When we started out, um, our first year, one of the stories we like to tell them about is our first board of directors meeting, we said we need a first year possible goal. First year we said 800 cigars, and of course I got cussed out. There's no way we get 800 cigars. Where are we going to find 800 cigars? Where are we going to get the money to mail 800 cigars? And we turned out and shipped out 92,000 the first year. And pre-FDA 2016, we were we got a, we had a solid nine months of between 35,000 and 40,000 cigars a month. After FDA 2016, our worst month was 2017, in January, 706. So we had to revamp a lot of things, put more focus on donation centers or cigar shops, big festival, big events, um, outside the box events, and that's where we started getting our donations. Now we're back up between 15,000 and 20,000 a month. Now, the silver lining of that is we still have more requests than ever. We have more troops deployed than ever. Yeah, so the demand is there. Yes. So now the benefit of that is now we have room in our boxes to put coffee in, put video games in, put magazines like Cigar Snob in there. And these guys greatly appreciate that because now it's a little bit more variety. So now when they're getting number one item they want, cigars, they're getting number two and number three. Um, they're also getting cutters and lighters like with Zycar, they refurbish their you know, lifetime warranty, all those lighters and cutters don't get thrown away, they get refurbished and they give 100% of them to us. And you just have the regular patron who will buy a cutter and donate it. So they're getting not only just a plain cigar, they're getting magazines and video games and coffee and cutters, lighters, yeah. even humidors here and there. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, talk about, so this, uh, just to, to recap, it started in what year? It started in May 2012. So May 2012. Um, what have you seen, you know, especially now that we're coming into a, an election year, no? Um, over the course of that time, I wonder whether the public's fatigue with war has affected you guys at all. Whether the, the people you're asking for donations from, whether their attitude toward the whole issue has, has changed or evolved and how you guys sort of adjust for how people see the whole thing. I mean, that's a good question. It's something that keeps me up at night, truthfully, because I, yeah, I mean, people are just tired of, you know, it sounds bad, but people have just been overwhelmed by military charities, by the war, by our poor wounded vets. And it's just because it's constant, like you said, fatigue is a perfect word. We've been very blessed that our mission has been going on forever, and it's a very simple mission, but... And, and, and it's not exclusive to it. I mean, I'm sure every charity deals with it. There's always been people trying to feed hungry kids. And at some point, you hear enough, you hear about it enough over and over and over, and you have to find a way to keep it fresh. Or you know. and, and I think that's one of the things that helped benefits us is that we are fresh idea. 
most people never even thought about sending cigars to the troops as a viable charity. And when they hear the when they hear the the when they hear the things that the troops say about what it does for them, you you'd be amazed how dramatic the, the donations come in. Yeah, we're we're, we're never going to be the million dollar charity, but we're going to be the million dollar million cigar charity. In fact, July by the end of July of this year, two thousand nineteen. We will break a million cigars shipped out to the troops. That's wild. So we're we're very very excited about that, as you can imagine. Because like I said, the first year we thought we only seen eight hundred cigars out. If you said that we've been sending out a million cigars seven years later, there's no way anybody would ever. I would have never believed it. Yeah. I still don't believe it right now. Yeah. So um, talk a little bit about your own personal experience. Uh, and you talked you, you touched on it some, but uh, let me frame it this way. Is there a cigar from your deployment that stands out in your mind? Yeah, in fact, I can I can name. I only had, I only got to smoke about twelve cigars in two thousand three in Iraq when we invaded. But I can name all twelve of them very easily. There's one specifically that I still remember this day. It was it was Perdomo cigar, and it's right after literally the day of the invasion when we cleared the palace and we were outside smoking cigars. We thought we acquired some uh, Saddam Hussein cigars, yeah, and uh, they were horrendous. And a major walked by, and he, he, what's wrong, guys? And we were telling him, these cigars are horrible. I, I can't tell you exact words we said because it wouldn't be appropriate on air. But sure. Well, you, I mean, we don't, uh, we, we're not shy about it on this well, podcast. So. Most of the guys pretty much agreed it, it, it tasted like Saddam shoved up his ass and got past it. <laughs> they were horrible. So the guy pulled out a little Travador. I've never seen a Travador in my life. Yeah. And he hands us all different cigars. Mine was a Berdomo, and I remember to this day, and I still smoke handful of them every single year that same exact cigar because of that memory i honestly couldn't tell you what i smoked yesterday yeah but i can remember the cigars 2003 and remember the cigars 2001 yeah I remember the cigars 2006 and those are very significant combat missions i was on and i remember those cigars yeah uh, especially 2003 like i said there was a lot of suicides going on and uh so every one of those cigars had a memory behind them and they were usually memories to to get rid of a bad memory. Sure. Or help out with a bad memory. Or help my guys out with a bad memory. And so it became very significant for something so small, so inexpensive, that had such a high impact. And we thought that was I thought that was more of an original idea or original only happened to me, but it, it, it hasn't stopped. In fact, our very first recipient, Danny McDougal, is still one of our volunteers seven years later. Yeah. And he, in fact, he's in Arizona right now for one of his big coordinators. Yeah. So, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm not a veteran, I never served, uh, but I do know cigars, and I know what it's like when there's a pile of cigars in the middle of a room and a bunch of dudes who now have to figure out who gets what. So, at some point, I'm not going to name brand names and put anybody here and anybody else over there. But uh, I figure that there's got to be a situation where, you know, let's call it there's the uh, there's the 95 rated cigar, and somebody's got to be the one that smokes it. What does that scenario play out like? Like, how is that decided? Well, the way we do things, that scenario usually doesn't come up because we send it to the individual request. Okay, got it. We never, and it's if you when you serve, you realize this. The last thing you want us to do is send it to a bunch of generals because. Right. Frankly, a bunch of generals can be back there smoking all the cigars. Yeah. We don't send it to a bunch of sergeant majors. Now, that doesn't say if a sergeant major requests the cigars, we don't send it to them. But I can say this, to this date, we've never had one single 
general request cigars. Yeah. He or she is usually making quite a bit of money. They can buy their own damn cigars. Right. But it doesn't mean we wouldn't say no. But in the days, typically our enlisted are getting the most requests. And they'll get their own group of cigars. Now, with that said, it doesn't mean they don't go to their own guys and, and pass them out. But most people are like, just hate, great, grateful that you're sharing one of their cigars to them. Yeah. Now, and you know, that's one of the big things that's very important with us is that a lot of people don't realize that every just because they're an APO address does not mean they're a U.S. service member. They could be civilians. They could be Albanians. Could be Canadians. So we're blessed that, like I said, we had volunteers to come back. They're still active duty or reservists or guard that volunteer for us. So we have the, we know as far as APO address who are U.S. service members. Right. So we vet everybody. Got it. So we're very proud to be able to say we're ninety eight percent sure that all cigars gone to our u.s service members got it so last two things i want to get into how people can get involved giving their time and then obviously how people can get involved giving cigars but let's start with the time uh are all the volunteers veterans and regardless so let's start there are to are all the volunteers with cigars for warriors uh veterans themselves or do you have a lot of civilians no we have a lot of everything um so how I, so how would somebody go about getting involved if they want to there's multiple ways a lot of some people go to the website and go to contact us the website cigarsforwarriors.org um, a lot of people just go to the facebook group say hey i'd like to volunteer or they know people that they can go on the facebook and hit a message to or they've met someone in the industry or someone in the industry knows us and they'll send them to us um, you know, most people are on social media in some form or some fashion, so they want to find us. It's not too hard. We're on most of the social media platforms. But like I said, we do have a website, cigarsforwards.org. Uh, as far as time-wise and veteran-wise, yeah, we have, in fact, we have a walk of life at every station. We have retired people, veterans. We have active duty veterans. We have reserve veterans. We have people who never served a day in their life. We have people who never even smoked a cigar. Yeah, sure. And those are the ones I really like because those guys, you know, are truly, truly passionate about the cars because it meant so much to me. Even though I don't know anything about cigars, they, they believe in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so out of, the, you know, out of the 1,500 volunteers we've had in the last seven years, it's just been all walks of life, all walks of ages, all walks of background. Yeah. We've had, you know, one of our board of directors is a multimillionaire, and I guarantee you he works twice as many hours as I do. Sure. And... As far as hours, people are always concerned about that as well. We have a job for anybody. If you have 15 minutes a day or 15 minutes a month or 15 hours a month, we have that job for you. Excellent. There's always a way to help out. Sure. And we're, every year we get better, more and more efficient, more and more organized, and more and more professional. Yeah. It's a growing process. And then as far as giving cigars? You, like I said, again, you can go to cigarsforwarriors.org and you can go straight, straight to our address and ship it straight to there and what happens is all our donation centers we have donation centers which are typically cigar shops but not all of them are some are we have churches we have radio stations we have clubs and people find a box and they'll donate cigars and once a month those donation centers ship it into our one distribution point in florida so once those requests come in then we vet them and they need to go out to where they're supposed to go priority is combat zones second priority is long-term deployments floats uh so they can ship it straight to our headquarters, or they can go to a local cigar shop that has our box in it and donate it straight to the box. Got it. So I know I said that was the last question, but I got one more. Tell me the story behind this badass cane that you have with you. Because um, <laughs> that, that is the first such cane I've ever seen. 
Well, when I was in the hospital at Brooks Army Medical Center, a gentleman was making canes for a lot of soldiers. Um, had a Purple Heart and a U.S. flag. And I was in a coma. So my wife had actually started talking to the guy. He was an older gentleman. And so he asked her, is there any way we can design it a little bit different? He said, sure, do tell me what you want on it. So, you know, my wife's a very smart woman, but I never thought she really knew a lot that what I did in the military. Plus, I was my last year as a reserve, so I really didn't. I figured the only thing she knew about what I did was my paycheck. Because <laughs> I didn't know what my paycheck was. She definitely did. All the yeah, promotion yeah. meant to me was more work. Right. So, uh, she actually had them design it to what she liked. The Eagle Head was pretty much generic for everybody. And she and I respect anybody as a Purple Heart. For me, it just meant I just didn't duck fast enough. But for other people, I respect it greatly. And I'm a Texan first and first and foremost. So, where's the okay. Texas flag? There you go. Um, most of the time, medals for me weren't good memories, but I had one of my bronze stars that was a good memory, uh, doing good things. And so she knew that. She actually asked to put it on there, and then she put my favorite combat patch, which was, which was 101st. I really enjoyed that mission that when we invaded Iraq. And then she put my favorite uh, MOSs I worked with. So she chose it. The only thing she got wrong was my rank, which you would have thought she got that right. That's what he paycheck, right? That's good. But I never changed the rank because Staff Sergeant on there because, frankly, Staff Sergeant to me is the favorite rank in the military. Okay. Because you got just enough ass that people leave you alone, but you don't got so much ass you're doing paperwork all day. Yeah. Because once I hit first sergeant, it felt like all I do is paperwork after that. Right. So she's the one that designed it. Um, it's been beaten up like I have. It's been refixed twice. Yeah. Airports keep breaking it. That's why it has oh, this man. giant cast on the bottom of it. <laughs> um, I have another cane another gentleman made for me. It's even, it's, in fact, it's even nicer than this. It got broken by TSA, of all people. Oh, man. So it's been fixed. So I, I keep flip-flopping the cane. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah, unless there's something you want to get into that we haven't touched on. Man, I could talk hours and hours. You yeah. can imagine. So I, I like, y'all tell me what y'all no, want man, to do. No, we'll, man, we'll, we'll save it for another one. We, want, we don't want this to be the last time no, we no, do all this. All right, perfect. So we'll perfect. save some of it. Keep it in That's the tank. It. And I appreciate everything Cigar Snob does for us. A lot of people probably don't realize that the magazine's one of the favorite guys' favorite magazines. You can't go better wrong on Hot Women and Cigars. I can't imagine why, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, oh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, it's very important to me, is that we have just as many female cigar smokers as we sure, have males. Sure, yes. In fact, out of the seven years, we've had eight months of more female requests than males. No way. I want you to think about the numbers in a combat zone of female to male ratio. Yeah. Now, you think about it, we've had eight months more females requested. I would never have guessed that. So that's, that's something I'd really like the public to know. Yeah. It's very important to me. But I think it's important that everybody know it's a man and it's a soldier, it's a Marine, it's an Air Force. It's a, In fact, we send the Coast Guard. A lot of people don't realize that either. People don't realize the Coast Guard patrol war zone waters. Yeah. So as long as you're in those two priorities, we're going to ship to them. Yeah. Now, we haven't got to the Space Force yet. Right. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to get USPS up there, but yeah. they figure that out. I don't know if you want to light up there. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll be talking Space Force next time. Exactly. <laughs> thanks, brother. Appreciate all the help. Thanks to Storm, and also thanks to you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. As always, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, leave us comments on Facebook, email us at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your kids if they're of age to be listening to cigar things. Um, and also, make sure that if this Operation Cigars for Warriors thing is something that you feel some kind of connection to or like that you want to support it, uh, go find them. Find them on social media, go to their website and uh, and support them. Find out whether your local tobacconist is a donation center. 
Uh, and as Storm mentioned, there are a lot of volunteers for Operation Cigars for Warriors, not all of them veterans, so there are other ways that you can get involved if you want to get involved more deeply than all that. Uh, as for Cigar Snob, again, you can subscribe, listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those things, and we do a print magazine. Subscribe to the print magazine. That's cigarsnobmag.com. Use the shop tab, and you'll get to all the magazine subscription and buying options there. Uh, okay, yeah, that's it. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast.